As quickly as you can. Snatch the pebble from my hand. When you can take the pebble from my hand, it will be time for you to leave. Welcome back, welcome back. It's your boy, Roy Rob. Into the Last Dragons, I have another... Yo, wait. Big shot, Stephen Shaw is in the building. He's gonna tell us his why. He's going to tell us what he's been doing. He's going to tell us how he's going to take STL to the next level. For all the boxing fans out here, get ready for something special. We got to come with a lot of heat on this episode. This one is uh, definitely one of those ones where you want to get out your notepad because we're going to try to dig into what it feels like the day in life of being an actual professional boxer. Stephen, what's good, fam? Hey, what's up, brother? I can't complain, man. What's going on? Man, chill mode, chill mode. I'm glad to have you on the episode of End of the Last Dragon. My dragon's all out here is super excited. So tell us, who are you, man? Who's Stephen? Man, Stephen Shaw, you know, uh, born and bred St. Louis, Missouri. You know, um, born September 20th, 1992. You know, 27-year-old, you know, um, from St. Louis, Missouri. You know, uh, family family uh from all over you know uh south side north side you know um started boxing at the age of nine you know what i'm saying um just 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 a just a well just a well brought up young man you know what i mean yeah that's the best way to that's the best way to pretty much describe myself you know what i mean humble you know never got into much trouble you know and just just listen to my parents and you know it's manifesting to this day man now starting at the age of nine of in boxing that's not normal i'm gonna tell you like this st louis is a boxing city i yeah. get that 100 percent. but if you start at nine <laughs> how did that happen man uh just 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 uh boxing is like a rich tradition in my family you know my grandfather he you know he's been a he's been a renowned trainer since the 70s you know um he's in the st louis boxing hall of fame my father, he's in the St. Louis Boxing Hall of Fame, you know, and I'm I'm looking to continue the tradition of being in the Hall of Fame, you know. But my my main goal is, you know, is winning world championships and getting into the International Boxing Hall of Fame up there, in, you know, up there in um, New York. So, you know, um, that. Yeah, tell, just, us, tell us their names. So shout out, shout out the father and the grandfather. Give uh, them buddy, Winston, Winston, Buddy Shaw. They flowers while we here. Yeah, Winston Buddy Shaw, man, he, he's been a trainer for over 40 years here in the city of St. Louis, Missouri. You know, um, what can I say, man? Uh, if you if you if you if you've been in boxing, you know exactly who who Buddy is, you know, out of St. Louis, you know, in St. Louis, you know, he's known all over. And my father, you know, uh, Brian Shaw, you know, uh, he started boxing for a little bit. You know, he boxed for a while, you know. Uh, and then, you know, he just he, he stopped boxing, went back to school, you know, had me, and, you know, he, he he gave it to me, man. And I just fell in love with it, man. And I've been in love with it ever since. That's live. Now, so you started at the age of nine, roughly. Uh, what what does that mean as far as like the uh, the the level of uh, competitiveness that was already in you? How was that road to fighting? Tell us as a as a young guy, and you see all these other older fighters, maybe family members, because you said it's in your family. Tell right. us how that is uh, uh, initially when you got into it. 
Uh, well, it was just like, it was just something that I was just eager to do, you know, um, just watching boxing with my family, you know, having fight parties, like you, like I say, back in the nineties, you know what I mean? Just, just being a fan of boxing, the Portnell Whitakers, the Oscar De La Hoyas, the Shane Mosley's, the Floyd Mayweather's, the Roy Jones's, the Mike Tyson's, you know, just the yeah. glory days back in the nineties, man. And, um, you know, just, like I say, it was just something I fell in love with, you know, and then, and then I just, like I say, my grandfather, he was, he was working with, um, he was working with fighters. Then he stopped, uh, at his own gym at Cochran. Then he went to Hyde Park and started working with Kevin Cunningham, um, Corey Spinks, mm -hmm. you know, young Devin and Vine Alexander, you know, when they were young boys, you know, so wow. just going around those guys, you know, at eight years old, six years old, seven years old, you know, wow. seeing those guys, you know, they motivated me to box as well, you know, going, picking up Corey Spinks from the, um, from the airport, picking up my grandfather, my dad, picking up my grandfather, uh, and Corey Spinks from the airport after one of Corey fights back in like 1999, you know, um, Freeman Bosley Jr. at the airport, uh, meeting them guys to pick them up, you know, and I, it was just, it was just, it was just something that I just, I just fell in love with, man. And, and I've been, and I've been in love with boxing ever since. Man, let me tell you, you just named off some St. Louis heat right there. Like you, yeah. just, you just, you just named off some St. Louis heat. Like people know a lot of, a lot of fighters come out of St. Louis. The Midwest in general is a boxing oh, yeah. mecca and everybody oh. knows this. You can't, you cannot deny it. People yeah. know what's good when it comes to St. Yes, sir. Literally have walked the streets of STL when it comes to boxing, and it's a straight fact. Anywhere you go in the, in the world, they know if they want to come get some work, they come and they literally say the Midwest. They, oh, yeah. They, yeah. Literally, they literally talk about the Midwest boxing, and I feel excited to hear that we got another major person like you on the scene. So now you've, okay. your grandfather puts you around all these major people. Uh, you start to get in the ring. You're starting to feel yourself out as a young person. Uh, what's that trans transition like uh, as an amateur fighter? Tell us as you went through, who did you idolize growing up as well as? Oh, man. Um, you uh, transitioned to pro. Like I say, man, uh, growing up, man, I, I man, I was heavily influenced by Roy Jones, man. You know, uh, <laughs> he was on, he was on, you know, every couple Every couple weekends, um, you know, throughout the year on HBO, Ooh. man. Bernard Hopkins with, with Roy? Oh, my God. All those guys, man. You know, just the glory days, man. Being a being a little kid, you know, seeing uh, Felix Trinidad versus Oscar Ooh. De La Hoya. You oh know my God. Holyfield versus Lennox Lewis. You know, all those guys back in the day, man. Just, you know, <laughs> just made me fall in love with it, man. You know, so um, I just... I just couldn't wait to fight. So when I had my first fight, you know, uh, I fought, I fought a kid that he was like 12 years old, going on 13 years old. And I was only nine. I had just turned nine and I had a third round stoppage. You can actually look this up. You can look it up on YouTube, man. Uh, Stefan's first bout, you know, Stefan, right. you know, uh, it was my first, my first fight. You know, my dad, he recorded it. He had like a little all access behind the scenes, little footage for me. You know, at nine years old, you know, and I was just relishing in the moment. You know, my dad asked me, you know, what I'm on, what, what I'm gonna do out there, and I said I'm gonna bring the heat and the pain. You know, it just it was just embedded in me, man. So, like I say, just watching those fighters and it made me want to be like those guys. And when I fought, you know, I just 
did what those guys did out there, you know, seen what I seen on, on HBO and, and just went out there and, and, and just and just did what my favorite fighter Roy Jones did, you know, did at the time when I when I started boxing, the movie Ali was about to come out, you know, and then like so that wave of like that movie, you know, it wasn't social media. So when a movie about a legend, that's like an autobiography right there. So I was real fascinated in that at the time, you know, got real deep into Muhammad Ali, you know, Mike Tyson, of course, you know, yeah. so I just had that ferocity and just and just that ferociousness in me since I was a child, you know, just want to want a box you know what i'm saying just yeah this is what i want to do you know what i'm so saying let's, let's let's drop this down because you just dropped a bunch of nuggets and i don't know if my my fans understand what just happened so let's yeah. just let's just ch let's check this out <laughs> just named the fighters you just named are impeccable offensively but their offense w w is amazing on their defensive side as well and it's not like um so, like, you named Roy Jones, the one of the only fighters I know who can, like, fight a whole round with one arm down and his defense would be so poor because you didn't have nothing to hit. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, dude would fight his whole fight with his, hand, with his left down. arm down. With his and left arm down. And then you don't even got to jab you. He can lead with hooks and right hands and lead Say, say that one more time. Say that one more time. Say that one more time and cut out. I got to get you to say that one more time. I, I said I said Roy Jones, sometimes he didn't even have to jab you because sometimes he could leap in and lead with hooks and uppercuts. He'll lead yes. in. He'll lead with uppercuts. Like, who yes. has enough speed to lead with an uppercut and not get hit? <laughs> and not get hit. So 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 th this is this is why I'm so excited, man, because there is such a science. We're gonna start with defense. Let's go. Oh my god, man. This 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 might have to break down to be defense right now. Explain a parry to my to to my dragons. What's a parry? A parry is when you have okay, you you, you like this, and I'm an orthodox. So I'm gonna put this hand right here and just tuck this one right here. And when you 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 throw a punch and I parry it, I just parry it. I just parry it. Like right here, I parry it. I knock it down, I parry it. You know, that's a parry. You know, when you when you when you still got your defensive guard still high and you just catch. And most guys can catch and shoot right off of that, you know. And so that's a deep <laughs> parry. It's a move where they can tap away the person's jab, a hook, anything that can uh uh basically it's a protection for the face as well, right? As as Absolutely. well as uh Absolutely. Exactly. all right. So so it's important for people to understand Roy Jones would fight a whole round without even have to worry. He would even just at the most parry with one hand and still he'd destroy parry. people. He'd just, he'd just parry you with his right and come with his hooks and uppercuts. While still parrying, just being up. You know another fighter that parries good, Floyd Mayweather. Like his shoulder roll defense, he starts off in a parry, so he can catch whatever you come at her, and then catch whatever come at her. You know, yes. by tucking the hand in the shoulder. Yes. Like, you start off with the parry, and then just tuck with the shoulder. Yep. You know I, what I mean? I love that. And Roy Jones has one of the. They say he's the he's the most defensive player to ever, 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 like know and study the game. Like his mind on the defensive side is so unbelievable, like because of distance it, it, and space. And it was also because of Roy Jones' amazing reflexes. 
that his defense was so great, just like Muhammad Ali. Right. When, like, if you look at both of those guys, their defenses were both kind of like parallel. They didn't do too much. If anything, they'll pull, roll, you know, you know, probably slap something down. But they fought with their hands down pretty much. Now, Floyd Mayweather, what he did, he took he took more he took more he was more def- he was more disciplined with his defense. Right, right, right. That's why he couldn't really crack Floyd with nothing too heavy because he was so disciplined. If yeah. he did fight with his hands down, he brought him back up real quick. Like when he fought Manny Pacquiao, he didn't he didn't just stand there like with Manny Pacquiao like this. Like when Manny Pacquiao was getting close and was throwing a lot of punches, Floyd Mayweather just he just did right here. Yeah, you know. Ali sometimes used to just try to pull yeah. with his hand out and get caught, like he got caught with Joe Frazier. When he got caught with Joe Frazier the first time, the first fight, he just tried to pull with his hands back and got caught, caught coming yep. in. You so know, you, Roy Jones. You, Roy so Jones, he, when he, got, he got caught by Antonio Tarver. Tarver, yep. He wasn't defensive. He he still had like one of his hands like this, and Tarver was able to get in. Like he wasn't like he wasn't those guys wasn't as disciplined as Floyd was with it with, so, with with their defense. So so you think would you say Floyd probably is number one like as far yeah. as defensive? Oh yeah, I feel that I feel that a hundred percent, man. I yeah, feel I that mean, that's a fact. Because I mean I mean Floyd Mayweather like he could be guys like at the, towards his end of his career that's all he started being guys with. He started being guys with a jab and defense and a lead right, right here. He used to lead right hand, jab you, maybe check hook you a couple of times, uh, jab you to the body, tie you up, you know, by time, you know, and be on defense, you know, yep. and, and he'll, he'll win a whole fight just like that. Yeah. This dude was talking about Floyd's defense was so amazing. He was talking hey. about distance. Let's talk about distance as a fighter. Like the dude said, Floyd knows the distance. Yes. On a whole nother level. So let's talk about distance as a fighter. What does that mean? Well, distance is distance is finding your range. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, sometimes guys like um uh, like the way that uh Anthony Joshua got clipped by uh uh Reese. Yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't keep his distance. He didn't keep his distance because he started trying to fight closer to him. You know, if he would have kept his distance and kept Ruiz on the outside like how he did in the second fight, it probably would have yep. been different. You know, that's what makes Deontay Wilder so dangerous because he he knows distance. Deontay, Deontay might not be the best combination puncher, right. but he's one of the best single punchers. So he knows if he keeps that distance, that single shot has more effect than he could put a combination together because he really – his combo, he, he doesn't put combinations together well, if you get what I'm saying. Deontay Wilder's like he's he's more of a single shot guy, you know. One, that's that's what I saw when I saw Deontay drop Tyson Fury. Tyson kept trying to put some combos together, but mm-hmm. Deontay was patient enough to say, "I'm finna hit you with this one." It's almost like the one punch man. You know what I'm saying? Well, it was kind of like this. It was kind of like it was kind of like this. Um, I think Deontay was trying to knock out Fury too bad in the first fight. Because mm. if you look at mm. it, Fury, Fury, Fury fights that same type of fight that a Floyd Mayweather fights. He fights a defensive fight. So right. 
that's what made Floyd Mayweather so great as well because he had guys always trying to knock him out. Everybody's just trying to gun for him and knock him out. So he can see all those big shots. Deontay was loading up on those big shots, and Fury, Fury was just dinging up, making the miss just a little bit. It was only two times that, that Fury made some mistakes and got in Deontay's range, and that's when Deontay put him down. I feel that. Now, do you think – so let's – Man, you got me too pumped up here, man, talking about this stuff. We're going we gonna to dive into that. But you had a taste of all these fighters we just talked about to a certain degree. You trained with some of these fighters. Let's, yes. ta let's talk about that on uh, a little bit as we... Well, I, I, I've been... I've been... I've been, uh, oh, this, I've, been success. There, uh, I've been going down there with Deontay for almost three years now. You know, uh, it, it, it'll be three years. It, it, it'll be three years this February. You know, um, yeah, I, I I leave uh, next Sunday to get them ready for this fight. You know, me and Deontay, you know, it, it's pay-per-view worthy type work. And, you know what I mean? And like, and, and like, and like, and like my forefathers that came before me, you know, all the guys that I, you know, if you, you, you heard all the guys that I looked up to, you know, Muhammad Ali, you know, um, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Roy Jones, Floyd Mayweather, Mike Tyson, you know, most of those. Most of those guys are good defensive, offensive fighters. So right. I'm not just so I'm not just going out there and just rock 'em, sock 'em robots. So no, I'm 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 boxing, I'm fighting smart, and I'm dropping thunder on these guys too. So you That's know, me and Deontay, great. me and Deontay, you know, they they always call me back. You know, me and Deontay, we work good. You know, iron truly sharpens iron, and you know, uh, I love and I love to help them. You know, because it doesn't do nothing but build my prestige. You know, because if I'm holding my own with the world champion and the most, the hardest single punching fighter to ever live, and I ain't got no story about him knocking me out in the gym, I must be doing. Good. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, I, I, that would be the worst to come back and be like, man, I got laid out by the champ. I mean, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, listen, bro, I didn't see him late. I didn't see him lay some guys out like top up and coming young guys i just seen them straight like like crack guys you know what i'm saying in wow. the gym so the power real and i'd have been there in front of that power wow. it's you know you know i, I stay disciplined yeah. you know you know you know you know i was born for this man it's what i do man you know i feel that i feel that so who who else have you trained with recently who else have you worked with i spar uh andrew ruiz uh for the um anthony joshua fight the second the rematch you know, I was in his camp, you know, uh, right before then I was in Deontay's camp for the Luis Ortiz fight. You know, those are two world champions that I've sparred, you know, uh, as far as uh, professional boxing world champions. I sparred another world champion, former world champion, um, uh, Charles Martin, who Anthony Joshua took the title from. Uh, I sparred Dominic Brazil. Like I say, I sparred, um, sparred a couple of guys. And I've also sparred uh, UFC heavyweight champion, uh, Stipe Miocic, when he got ready for Francis Ngannou. Wow, man. How was that? With a different no, different was spar, I'm assuming. It was it was it was it really wasn't different because Stipe has boxing experience, so he tries to he tried to box with me. But the thing is, they wanted to make sure that it was still in his comfort zone, so they made us spar in the octagon. They made us oh, box. Okay, okay, so, I got you, I got you, I got you. Yeah. So as out of, out of uh, what do you what are some of the things you take? There's a lot of things from like, um experiences you get mm -hmm. and really like bio stuff back in the day and you'll see how um 
Ali walk up on what's the guy name? Uh, they used to call him the Rabbit. He got the he got he got the uh, Patterson Patterson. But Floyd you used Patterson. to see like yeah, remember Floyd? They called him the Rabbit. I think his name was. But the, Floyd took it from somebody, and then did Sonny take it from him? But he, either way, go. You see all these like these transitions of these different fighters. Where, where they was like up and coming going through the ranks and fighting these professionals, like at the higher level, it was like they sparring partners all of a sudden grew their way up to the ranks. You know what I mean? And like I saw it say, with Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes. Like Larry Holmes with, yeah. with Muhammad Ali. You know, uh, it, it, it's always How, like that. What did you learn from all these experiences? What did uh, you learn from those experiences? Well, I, well, the biggest thing I learned, especially from Deontay, is how to conduct myself as a world champion. You know what I mean? Um, just a mental approach. You know, I see how Deontay approaches um, approaches his his training. I see how he, um, you know, how he conducts himself uh, with the media. You know, um, just 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 all of that little stuff. How they conduct the uh, a world champion training camp. You know. Right. Uh, just the professional and the organization of it, you know what I mean? That's the that's the pretty much what I try to take away from it, you know what I mean? Like the order, the structure, you know, the the, the guidelines, you know what I mean? You know, because because with, with the boxing, with the boxing, you know, I'm going to do what I do, you know. Right, right. But as far as like the stuff on the outside of the ring, you know, that's what I pick up, you know, you know, um, just all of that kind of stuff, how they treat their sparring partners. You know how they run a facility, all that. How they spar one week and then take out the next week, and just it's just I I, I pretty much I, I like how they how they run their ship. So you you are talking about the business side, which is another thing I wanted to get into. That business side of boxing is so huge. If we if we look back and you start to rank these things as what's happening, because this would go tie into right exactly what's happening right now, because it's big business being pay per view, big business. Okay. So like we. We look at um, this transition that happened. I would say after uh, Rodney King, there was another inflow of promoters, and mm -hmm. so you had you got the um, uh, what's the De La Hoya with Golden Boy, Bernard Golden Boy, exactly, and then um, Al Heyman's uh, and Mayweather connection. BBC, yep. And BBC, then you got, then, then you got uh, Matchroom Boxing and Eddie Hearn. Then you got ESPN. Uh, you got you got Matchroom Boxing, Eddie Hearn, and uh, what's that, The Zone. And then yep. you got uh, then you got ESPN in the top rank. So, so what do you think is the next transition? Because right now, We we feed off a of, we feed off of the heavyweight division. I'm being honest. Like we feed off, and it's so it's so much excitement right now that's starting to bubble it up because it was almost like it's coming back. It's coming back. That's man. Let me tell you something. That's the that's the division that everybody's about to be raving and ranting about. That's the division that's about to run boxing for the next ten years. I'm telling you, like how Floyd just had. The welterweights and still got everybody still talking about the 147 pounders because it's always like that. And I'll break right. it down. It was always like that. Look at it from the beginning of time. It, uh, it always go back to the heavyweights. Yep. In the, the time, the, the major title it was always the heavyweight title. 
You know what I mean? Then, yep. then you had, you know, you got Jack Johnson, you got you got Joe Lewis, and then after that you had you had your small fighter, your welterweight, and Sugar Ray Robinson. Yep. Then after that, after, after Sugar Ray Robinson went back to the heavyweight. Yep, Muhammad Ali. Ali. Muhammad Ali, and then after Ali, it went back to the small fighter and, and, and Sugar Ray Leonard, and then after Sugar Ray Leonard, it went back to the heavyweight with Mike Tyson. You know what I'm saying? Then it went yep. back kind of to the small fighter with, with Oscar De La Hoya and Roy Jones. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, then it went to Lennox Lewis, and then it went to Floyd. You yep. know what I'm saying? Now it was yep. Deontay and Anthony Joshua. You know what I'm saying? So it's I, yeah. I, I dude that that breakdown you just dragging. Check this out. So this was a a very legendary breakdown he just gave you because he he's talking about this ebb and flow of how um, it's almost like it's a thirst for a certain division, and so like. It was only been that welterweight middleweight class that Roy Jones. It was almost in in coupled that with the might in a list of all these fighters, almost like this golden era that you can never like like literally you can't. It's not, it could be redone again. I, I ain't gonna say never say never, but it yeah. was an amazing era of what the heck was happening because at that time you always had this highlight elite like. Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, George Foreman literally had the 80s to almost. They had, they, George, George Foreman, I would say George Foreman, Evander Holyfield, years. and Mike Tyson, they had the entire 90s as far as like, they was the money guys, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Even to this day, those, those three names are still considered in the top 10 highest paid fighters to ever box. You wow. know what I mean? You wow. know what I mean? You got you got Oscar De La Hoya. Well you got Floyd Mayweather. Then you yeah. got Oscar De La Hoya. Then you have uh George Foreman, Lennox Lewis, yeah. uh Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield. Um yeah. those those are really like the most and, and Sugar Ray Leonard. I can't forget Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar Ray, oh, yeah. Oh, those those are the most highest paid boxers. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and then you gotta look at it like in the eighties, like everything was everything was lit. You know, you got you got come on now, you got you got Joe Montana and Jerry Rice in football and right Deion <laughs> Sanders and Barry Sanders, all them boys back then. then in basketball, you got Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewan, and all that. And then in boxing, you got Mike Tyson, Sugar Ray Leonard, and Tommy Hearns, and Roberto Duran, Marvin Hagler, Vander Holyfield. Yeah. All at the same time, it was just like those, all those guys we just named in each sport is the reason why each sport that we're talking about is sitting at the pinnacle that they're in today. That's why guys right. can make hundreds of millions of dollars in basketball. That's why guys can make hundreds of millions of dollars in football. That's why guys can make hundreds of millions of dollars in boxing because of yeah. those all those greats that I just mentioned in each three sports before us. You know what I mean? It's always a golden era. It's called a so, paradigm. So do you, it's called so do a you think – I'm, I'm sorry. Paradigm, I'm just saying, I'm just paradigm, saying, yeah, say it again. Paradigm what? It's a paradigm shift. Like what Floyd Mayweather just did. He just succeeded all of the pay-per-view numbers in boxing. Now look at it. You don't even hear about pay-per-view. It's about streaming now. Yep. They didn't yep. change the whole system of how we watch boxing now. High-level boxing. You don't yep. even pay the same $70 fee. You pay a, a monthly subscri uh, subscription fee of $10 now. 
for every exactly. Dude, that that's dude. You just blew my go next with this pay per view. So just what you just said with pay per view, is it? How do we? What's going to be the new shift? Because MMA has been trying to lean on pay per view and take a lot of that viewership away from the traditional boxer that was getting from the heavyweight because it was like a void at one point. Yeah. So. So tell us where you think the the box where do you think boxing is headed to and how does it continue to combat that MMA uh viewership that is being kind of drawn away from boxing? Well, I think uh all sports, bro. If you if you really pay attention to all sports, all sports is going streaming, man. Everything that we look through, everything that we look at and consume for as means of entertainment is 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 streaming now. You know, um right. You got you got UFC you got UFC fights on ESPN Plus. You know you got top rank boxing on ESPN Plus. You know you got Bellator. You got Bellator with the Zone. Yep. You know what I'm saying? The only yep. way you can watch Bellator now is through the Zone. That's the only way you can watch certain. That's the only way you could have watched the Anthony Joshua fight. Yep. <laughs> through yep. the Zone. You know what I mean? Um, uh, they got a Fox pay per view. They got Fox pay per view. That's what Al Heyman them. That's what Al Heyman and PBC uses. For their pay-per-view, and they use Fox pay-per-view streaming service. You know what I mean? You can download the app and download the Fox Now app and download the streaming uh, pay-per-view. Everything is so you, streaming. Even, even so you, music. The way we listen to music. We don't even have CDs no more. Movies, right. clicks, all of that. Everything is streaming now. So do you do you, do you think that they will... Like, wh- where does... Um, It's like, because you know you got Vegas, New York, or the two primary. Is it another? Is there a third location? The major boxing. Yeah, you 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 definitely say Vegas and New York are the number one, number one and number two hubs. But then right. uh, uh, you can say the Staples has kind of emerged as a new spot now. Okay, okay, okay. So so so, can can the boxing world? With all its divisions, WBA, W, or do, do they still exist? Yeah, man, all the the the, the sanctioning bodies. Is it happened with that? Yeah, man, uh, WBC, WBO, WBA, and the IBF are the four major sanctioning bodies in boxing. You know, it's a lot of it's, it's you know it's politics, man. You know, it's just it's just pretty much politics, man. Um, you know, it's a way for those sanctioning bodies to make money. You know, right. they take those belts. You know, because at one point in time, you know, it was only three belts, you know, right. and you can go back further to like the late 70s and it was only two belts. You know what I mean? And but before then, it was only one major belt. You know what I mean? Now it's four belts. You know what I mean? And, you know, in each weight class, there's four belts. And then you got subsidiary belts and, you know, interim titles and, you know, just 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 all of that. Just just a way for 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 those for those sanctioning buyers can make money by moving guys through the rankings and all the, just all that good stuff, you know, all that proper, proper legal terms and, you know, but all that that's the, stuff. that's the crazy part though, but that's the part that makes it so tough because it's like, if somebody takes two years off or whatever the time he's going to forfeit the belt or ever, if he don't box, he's the, he's, the belt becomes forfeited, right? Yeah. The belt gets stripped and becomes vacant. And so, and so, you got it's just so many factors. I guess it's so many factors. It's like 
as far as boxing right now, 2020, um, it looks like heavyweights are coming back. But it seems like it's a battle, like you say, with streaming, pay-per-view. There's a battle going on, this paradigm shift. People are wanting this. They want it 100%. And I see that. I feel like people are really falling in love with the MMA side. But I also think it's taken away from yes. viewership. Yeah. With MMA, with other streaming, other streaming things like bare knuckle fights. I saw somebody, yeah. I, I don't know who it was, but bare knuckle, bare knuckle was getting some 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 attention. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah it's a it's a, it's a former former um UFC middleweight Chris Levin. He's a he's a he's a uh, he's a uh, former UFC middleweight, you know, legend. You know, he trains out of the same gym as as me in um in San Diego, mm-hmm. you know. He does burn knuckle fighting, so uh, burn knuckle yeah, fighting yeah. is trying to get some attention, you know. But I feel like uh, boxing and MMA are here to stay. You know, it's too much money in boxing because when it's all said and done, when an MMA guy wants to so quote unquote cross over and make the most money that they ever made in their MMA career, they'll transition over to boxing. Right. Me, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is one of the greatest well, MMA. UFC, just playing out UFC fighters to ever live. And he had to make $126 million in a boxing match to just say that. You know what I mean? So, dude, he's the highest. He's one of the, he is the highest paid, I was, I'm assuming, with UFC. So think about that. He made the most money over there, but it ain't even touching what he made at boxing. It ain't even touch. It ain't even touching what he did. Boxing took it like yeah, took it to the next level. Like he yeah. probably his biggest purse probably in MMA probably before that was what probably two million dollars. And you got guys that's not even global mega stars that's making uh two million dollars. That's yeah. crazy. You got guys that's probably that's probably not even familiar with the average American citizen that probably can make two million dollars in boxing. So. And- that's just crazy. Now, do you think if you if you don't mind, break down for me where do you think the heavyweight division is going next? So you got and you got Joshua, you got Ruiz, you got Wilder, you got Fury. Are those four, am I missing anyone that you would really say that really deserves right now that's in the limelight that deserves some discussion right now? Uh um no, nobody in particular, for real. You know, those are the really the four-headed monsters. You know, Anthony Joshua being a current champion, uh, Deontay Wilder, you know, him. You know, those are the two guys, you know, and, and, and Fury. And, you know, you could put Andrew Ruiz in there for him just being world champion just like a month ago. You know right. what I'm saying? And then you can put up guys like uh, uh, the former uh, undisputed uh, cruiserweight champion. He's coming up. His name is Alexander Usyk. He's out of the same camp as Lomachenko. You know, he's 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 like the number one contender at WBO. You know, wow. he's a good fighter. He's a good fighter, you know, but I feel like I can beat all those guys, you know, given the right opportunity and, you know, when the opportunity to do present itself, you know, I'll be ready for anybody and everybody. I feel know? that. Like I said, I just gotta keep keep fighting, keep building my stock, keep, keep, keep racking up victories, you know, and, and it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Break down your last fight. So I saw the last fight online. Break that down for us. Tell us. Tell us. It was a softball. No, I fought. A, I fought an orthodox. I fought an orthodox right. guy by the name of uh, Gregory Corbin. Gregory Corbin out of he Dallas. He was out. He was orthodox. 
Yeah, he was the a fight before I that. Ah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, so, fight, yeah, tell, tell us about the guy, you, your thirteenth win. Tell us about that. Uh, I just uh, fought a guy by the name of Gregory Corbin out of Dallas, Texas. Um, he was fifteen and two. His only two losses was um, to a former world champion, uh, Charles Martin, and that was about disqualification. And um, his second loss was uh, to an Olympic bronze medalist. You know, uh, and um, he's never been done like I did him. You know, they shouldn't stop the fight in the first round because I caught him with a big right hand and um, put him down in the first round. And uh, I thought he wasn't going to get up. Actually, if you look at the footage, the doctor was calling off the fight on the ring apron on the side, but the referee had his back turned towards the doctor. So they kind of let the fight go on. And as as soon as they let the fight go on, the bell rang. And, you know, they ended the first round. So I went out there, you know, I tried to follow up in the second round, you know, but I took my time. I didn't want to get over. Oh, just 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 overexcited. Yeah, I put him down, but he got back up. So I just took my time. And then by the third round, you know, I caught him with another right hand, then caught him with another big right hand. And he was hurting and well on the ropes. And I followed up with a couple more punches and they immediately stopped it due to the fact of the big big knockdown in the first round where they could have considered stopping it. So right. as soon as he got hurt again, they just basically stopped it. So so you got this name Big Shot. Where did Big Shot come from? Because those are... <laughs> uh, big... <laughs> Tell us about the name Big Shot. What did... uh, Big Shot came... It came from my mom, man. It came from my mom. <laughs> yeah, because uh, like I, I used to play basketball and she used to say I didn't miss like a shotgun. And so she used to just call me... That was just my nickname as a kid, Shotgun. And it was originally from basketball. You know what wow. I'm saying? Shotgun. So we took off. And then in, in school, they used to call me Big Steph. You know, Steph and, you know, Big Steph. So we took off. I, I took Big and Shotgun and took off the gun and just made Big Shot. And then that coincided with boxing because everybody trying to throw Big Shots. And, and then it's yeah. original. You ain't never heard no boxer named Big Shot. Never. Never. That's that's amazing, man. So, like, if if, if you had to... Put this in a a um, uh, a story. What are you doing to tell your story and keep it out there? Where are you growing your your audience? Because the thing is, everyone needs to be following you on your journey. What are you doing? To book online. Tell 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 my followers where do they start zoning in? The dragon needs to know where to follow you and tell tell your story. Man, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Big Shot Shaw. Uh, man, I'm 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 just a um I want to be a, a a symbol of imp- inspiration. You know, um, anything is possible. You know, long as you work hard and believe in yourself and believe in God. You know, anything is truly possible. You know, don't let the naysayers tell you what you can't do. Don't let nobody tell you or stop you from holding you back from your destiny if you believe that's your destiny and 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 it'll manifest for you long as you keep working hard towards it I'm, I'm i'm truly a manifestation of it and i want everybody to like i say follow me on instagram big shot shaw follow me on twitter big shot shaw follow me on facebook stephan big shot shaw you know uh i'm putting on for st louis i'm putting on right. for anybody that feel like they don't have a voice i'm putting on for people that feel like they come from nothing i'm putting on for people that just that's just, you know, just a young kid that just want to be successful. You know, I'm that's putting on for that, you know, so. Now I got to challenge you, man. Now I got to challenge you. So every one of my episodes, get ready, man. 
there's a challenge. Okay. Every episode, there is a challenge, man. It's called Roy Rob's Questions, where it's trivia. You have to answer. Say it well again. on the old school stuff back in the day. I know. I got you. I got you. I, okay. I got you. I got you. So tell me, tell me, list for me three. We're going to do two trivias for you, starting with gaming. I'm doing games first, man. You're a younger guy. I expect you to at least be able to do this. Name right. for me three, three video games. Three video games that rocked out any system. You can do any gaming console, any three boxing games. You're a top three. Give it to me now. The top three boxing video games ever, you basically saying? Top three video boxing video games. Top three video, boxing video games. And I'll say like um, Mike Tyson Punch Out. So I, I got you. I got other you. than that. Other than that. All right, my my top three. All right, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go with. Um, you gotta put Mike Tyson Punch Out. That was the first one I ever played. You know what I'm saying? Then then you gotta got then you gotta go Knockout Kings 2000. All right, you know what I'm saying? And then right. Fight Night Champion. Fight Night Champion. Right. There's one. All right. So two. If you had to get in the ring. With uh, you had your choice to spar and practice with three individuals, anybody in history. Who would those three spar? Who would your three sparring people be? And then who would your three champions you would want to fight? Anybody doesn't matter the time. Uh, well, they probably are. They they probably all gotta go together. The champion, the champions I would want to fight in history. You gotta go with Muhammad Ali. Just just because that's the greatest. You know what I'm saying? And then you just say you was in there with the greatest. You know, I'd have loved to spar Muhammad Ali. I'd have just loved just I'd have loved to have been the the Larry Holmes to Muhammad right. Ali. Right, you know right. Yeah. Uh, Mike Tyson. Woo! Mike Tyson was a cash cow. Win, <laughs> lose, or draw, you're gonna get 30 million. <laughs> 15 million, something like that. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, you know, Tyson, man, like, yeah, yeah man, you know, when I found out, you know, um, you know, when I found who, out. Who that was he, the last one? Uh, uh, and then, and then the last one, the last one, um, um, in history, who I, who would I fight? Um, heavyweight, I'll probably fight, you know who I fight? Fight John Ruiz. You don't even know you know who John Ruiz is? Hell no. Who the hell? I don't know who that is. I, that's who Roy Jones beat to win the heavyweight crown. So if I fight him, I get that heavyweight belt easy. <laughs> that's an easy. Hey, if Roy Jones, a former 154, 160 pound man, <laughs> able to beat him, I know I I knock I knock him out. Oh my God, man. Hey, he's like, man, give me that crown. I take that shit real easy. Real quick. Give me that. Give me that title. <laughs> that title. You let Roy be. You let Roy be. He ain't even a heavyweight. Hey, man. Yeah, man. It's, I'm sorry, man. I can go on for days. It's yeah. funny you just mentioned that. Do you remember uh, Mike? Was it Tony? James Tony? Mike Tony? What was his name? James yeah, Tony? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Hey, remember he he just started getting just getting big and he just started he, knocking cats out. He's up on dude. <laughs> <laughs> yep. James, James Tony was James Tony, 
James Harden was James Harden was nice, man. That's he he had good defensive skills. That's why a guy that looked you know five foot nine with a belly that's hanging over his body, you know, he still was able because he has true skill. He had skills, got good defense, man. It's just you know he ain't had no business being a heavyweight, but hey. We can, you know, he was, he was, he was a good heavyweight. You know, he, Dude, beat, he, beat, he was, he, he was putting them hands on folks, and he was when he was little, he was putting hands on folks, but he got big. Oh man, I hate how he did Vander Holyfield, man. I hate how he did man. He did Holyfield bad. Then he turned around and chopped up on that same cat I just talked about. Don hey man. Oh my God, dude! Hey man, that's funny, dude. Hey, hey man, shout out to you for coming on the episode into the last dragons. Dragons, man, he, this this brother is coming, and get ready to follow so, his story. Go follow, go subscribe, join this good community because it's gonna be one of those things you're not gonna want to miss, and it's gonna be it's gonna blink and it's gonna be already there. Get ready to get to get on the the, the bandwagon. It's coming. Hey man, I appreciate you, Big Shot. Hey, we about to do some major things together, man. You the man.